Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Welcome back to the second episode of the Gonzo Chronicles in 2024. Today's the 4th of By God January. Hey, this is just an ad hoc show I wanted to do today. I'm just I'm sitting around. It's, it's been a fairly busy day. I've kept busy with work. and I was watching some news, and it's like, God, you know, it seems like so many things are floating around. And in the world of like, yeah, I'm always fascinated with various conspiracy theories and things like that. For the longest time, there's been theories, well, not for the longest time, going back to about 2018, there have been theories that have been floating around about, you know, elite rings in D.C. and Hollywood, trafficking women, young children, things like that. Now, I guess there's always been these horrible people that traffic in women and children, and, you know, they're vile and they are disgusting. And it strikes me interesting that even the most hardened criminals in prison have some standards that when a pedophile gets put in jail, when people find out that they're a pedophile, that person probably often gets a living shit kicked out of them. Good. I have no sympathy for, you know, savages like that. But, you know, these, these theories have been going around and it reminded me of... The first show that I did, the first Gonzo Chronicles, I was holding off until I had one of these Instagram influencers. Uh, she had thousands and thousands of followers because she was one of the, I guess at the time, the QAnon people that were following that. And uh, I found that whole, that whole conspiracy realm really interesting. Now... Again, conspiracy theories are just that. Theories until they're proven. But, you know, we, a little later on, we come to find out about the Jeffrey Epstein uh, Lolita Express, as they called it, his private plane, his private jet, and the things that were going on on his island. And then we started hearing about all these elite celebrities and politicians, power brokers, and, and big-time wealthy individuals that were associated with this man. And um, we found out about, I, I want to call her Jelaine, Jelaine Maxwell, however you say her name. And now she was put in prison because she was helping Jeffrey Epstein traffic women, young women, young girls, underage. Okay. 
So now we get to hear about who was on this plane. And we've heard names mentioned for a long time. And it's kind of kind of scary because now we're starting to hear this mentioned in mainstream media all the time, even media outlets on the left, MSNBC, CNN, CBS, CNBC, they're starting to cover this. And yesterday, apparently, a bunch of names were dropped from uh, court documents that a judge, I think the lawyers were wanting it sealed. And apparently the FBI wanted to keep them sealed. Don't know why, but the judge said no. And these names came out yesterday. And one of the biggest names uh, of someone who frequented the Epstein Island and hung out with Jeffrey Epstein was on his plane going down to that island many times. Uh, I think I read somewhere over 30 times. Former President Bill Clinton. Wow. Um, we know for a fact Bill Clinton has a thing for young ladies. Um, Monica Lewinsky, by the way. He was old enough to be her father, and we all know the scandal from his years in the White House and Monica Lewinsky and, uh, you know, having her right there in the Oval Office. A girl, you know, of a wealth, a daughter of a wealthy donor. And, uh, you know, his tapes were for young women. We've known for a long time there are a lot of rock and rollers out there, very popular ones uh, from the Rolling Stones and on down, you know, to Motley Crue that have professed in songs and in person that they do like younger women. Um, was it the drummer or the bass player? One of these guys for Rolling Stones it was in his 60s and was married to like a 22-year-old girl, but he started dating her when she was 14. So the fact that some of these, these people, they don't hide it, that they're overseas, here it's pedophilia, you know. Overseas, some people look at it differently. I don't know why, certain countries. But it's it strikes me as strange that the news keeps mentioning Bill Clinton. As if there's, you almost get the sense that there's a, a dam about to break and a flood of information coming out about this Jeffrey Epstein and, and Maxwell and the, and the victims, because some of the victims have talked and I know a lot of people that, you know, some of you may be listening to this. It's like, well, I've never heard any of these victims. Just go Google search. Go, just go look for yourself. I mean, I've seen so many links that people posted up on Twitter where you can go read this stuff. And I'm not going to you know, do do all your research here, but it's a rabbit hole. Um, and the more you look into it, the names that are coming out, three former presidents mentioned in, on this list. Um mm -hmm. I've seen names of highly, highly popular celebrities in pop culture that just it make your jaw drop. I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to get sued because, you know, I don't, I don't have verifiable proof. But these are accusations that are coming out and names that are now coming out from court documents of who his associates are. And I don't know if that's a smoke and mirrors campaign, but it certainly looks like Bill Clinton might be lined up to be the sacrificial lamb of all this stuff, possibly to protect other people. Uh, there were names that were mentioned that were hedge fund managers, uh, billionaires, um, celebrities, like I mentioned, politicians, uh, 
big corporate CEOs, you name it. It's it's very, there are people who are making claims that, no, I was not on that or had no affiliation. And now when those court documents came out yesterday, it's like, well, yeah, you were on the media telling people that you were going to sue because you had nothing to do with this and you don't want your name smeared. But yet when the court documents come out, your name's all over this stuff. So who knows who's guilty of what? But when you think about it, when you have somebody that you know is a one of the biggest sex traffickers and uh, uh, probably the biggest in the country, I don't know. Maybe there's maybe we've just scratched the you know the tip of the surface here, tip of the iceberg. I don't know. But you hear victim after victim that making claims, and um, one you know a royal family, uh, a girl, young girl who was passed around to you know members. She was groomed to be with the royal a member of the royal family. Uh, from the time she was, I think, 15. Um, because apparently one of the princes liked them young. And uh, when they brought somebody that was early 20s, they said, no, 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 that's not going to do. Younger. Much younger. Okay. So when you read all of this and you wonder what to take with a grain of salt and what not, and then you start seeing people picking this stuff up in mainstream media, not just on Fox News, which... Fox News didn't even cover it, to be honest with you. It was just a couple of couple of people on there that covered it. Probably lost their jobs for it. And now we come to find out it was true. Now we come to find out that three years before anybody even heard of Jeffrey Epstein, that CBS, a reporter at CBS, had been researching this and found all this out, had all the information about who, what, when, where, and why three years prior, and CBS News covered it up. And there's video of this anchor out there talking about this. Now, is she still employed? I doubt it. But you can you can find that video out there. So you have to wonder why why I mean there are there are sick people out there. And it's disgusting. So the first thing I want to ask, and then before I get into a political thing, is this stuff has divided people on Twitter down political lines. And they're seeing see, I told you so, Bill Clinton and you know, Hillary was named by a lot of people on Twitter. I don't know about any of that. Some of her associates and people work for her. Um, all these these people, celebrities that I'm not going to name, but these are people that have been in movies that I've enjoyed and laughed my ass off at, and movies that I've like almost wanted to cry because the acting is so good, the films are so good. How could you believe somebody that comes across as like? A good person in real life and, you know, kind of a good guy, rah-rah guy, great entertainer, or a woman that's a great entertainer and skilled at her craft that comes across as someone who's big into philanthropy and and helpful to so many people. How could somebody possibly do that? And, you know, so usually it's a lot of people who are like far left or on the political left. But you hear about it from people on the right, too, because you have to, because I there's a politician who recently came out and was talking about some interesting things going on that he noticed when he got into DC. And is he telling the truth or is he lying? But first of all, let me, let me ask you this. Take your top five or 10 favorite movies, favorite actors and actresses, musicians, uh, cultural leaders, people that you hold high esteem for regardless of their politics, because it's on the left and on the right. 
if you found out that person, for example, Bill Clinton, or one of the Obamas, or say anything, or Trump, if you found out that these people were engaging in these types of activities with underage girls and boys, how would you feel? Would you ever be able to watch one of their movies again without feeling sick to your stomach? I mean, what if you just knew that they did it and it broke out and that, that's fine. But what if pictures came out and video came out? And it was out there for the whole world to see. Um, pictures of these people with you know, leering eyes at young boys, young girls. I mean, one, one of the things that's so weird is if you go look up Hunter Biden's laptop from hell and all the pictures that are on there, there are pictures of him naked with underage girls with their feet all over him. There are pictures of him with drugs and underage half-naked girls. You know, so it's absolutely disgusting. Why is somebody like that? You have the evidence, video evidence, right there. How do you not arrest this person? Is it because he's a son of a president, very powerful, and of course there are people on the left that want to protect him? Because apparently, you know, so many people are talking about our institutions are even corrupted and politicized. The Department of Justice, the FBI, the Attorney General, and everyone there. Where only certain people are going to be held accountable. I find it weird that Biden has been on tape admitting to like blackmailing somebody over in Ukraine to stop an investigation on his son, or he was going to withhold money. And then, you know, the whole famous tape, well, son of a bitch, a half hour later, I got a call, they fired the attorney. Okay, well, that was clearly blackmail, what he was talking about, using American funds when he was vice president. How does he get away with that? And Trump was trying to just do an investigation into that, and he's been impeached twice and investigated, you know, whether you like the guy or not. You know, the, he's he's been railroaded a lot, and the more the... The left goes after him. The legal system goes after him. The more you make this guy a martyr, whether you want him to be president or not, or whether you'd like somebody that fits your political style that's more, I don't know, toned down, let's put it that way. Um, you know, it's, how do some people get away with it and others don't? And it makes you wonder, like, why, why are things so corrupt? And, for example, take a look at our border, right? We have, like, last year I was watching the numbers. Even Elon Musk has been tweeting out the numbers of the illegal uh, immigrants that have crossed the border. Now, before you think I'm a heartless son of a bitch, I understand why people come here. I do. It's, there are some countries that are so poor that you have no opportunity unless you're joining, like, some cartel. They want to flee Central America, come here, get some honest work. Send money back home. $20 billion last time, I mean, a few years ago, I saw the number of $20 billion where uh, people who work here send money back home to Central America every year. That's the amount of money sent back to help families. Um, I, I, you know, I understand why people come here. But then there are bad elements that we catch at the border that are terrorists. They're affiliated with terrorists. You know, we are kind of in a Cold War, sort of a silent Cold War with communist China. Do you know how many Chinese nationals have crossed the border? How the hell do they get here? 
Like, I understand people coming up from Central America in caravans, but somebody had to fly over to Central America or take an expensive boat trip from Africa, from the Middle East, to get over here in Latin America to come up through the border. Who's paying for all that? Why is all this happening? Now, we know when we see every month 250,000, 300,000 people illegally crossing our border, that that's an invasion. There, there have been more uh, people that have crossed over in um, uh, since Biden has been elected. I, I heard this. I'm paraphrasing this. I heard this on the news the other day. There have been more people that come in here illegally since Biden has took office. That would amount to the number of people in the Midwest in five states. That's a damn lot of people. So we're probably looking at about eight million, right? Something like that. Um, so if we know that it's a bad idea to have the border wide open like this for drugs and fentanyl and all the child sex trafficking going on there and human trafficking, we know that's going on. The border patrol can't handle it. They need people to put a sieve on the border and tighten it down, shut it down, which can be done tomorrow by order of the president, but he won't do it. And the people on the left won't demand it even. People on the right don't have the balls to stand up and fight for it in Congress. So if we all know that this is a bad idea and we need to shut the border down and only let legal immigrants come in and then vet some of these people and see who we're going to keep and who we're not, then why do they leave the border open? You have to ask that question. If it's an easy fix, they know it's a problem, and they don't fix it, the question is why? Okay, so fentanyl is a big deal. They can solve a lot of these drug problems, but they don't. Why? There's a lot of things that go on that they need to fix. We're $34 trillion or $32 trillion in debt, the national debt right now. They know that's a reckless number that can bankrupt the nation and send our currency spiraling out of control to make our dollar worthless. We're approaching dangerous, dangerous levels, yet they continue to run a trillion and a half deficit every year at least. Why? When we can live within our means, we are close to it and let our economy grow to catch up and grow out of the debt. But why do they continue to be this reckless with money? It's not their money, it's yours, mine, and everybody else out there who's working. So why? When there, we have so many problems that can easily be fixed, why don't they fix them? So that's a good question. So I see this the other day on... Um, uh, this this came out on the news. A GOP congressman makes wild claims about lawmakers being blackmailed by honeypots in Congress. So there's this Tennessee congressman, uh, Tim Burchett, or Burchett. He had a really interesting theory, and he was on the steps of the Capitol being interviewed, and he was talking about how he had kind of went against uh, something that was so obvious. I, for, I forgot what the topic was. But then this was nowhere near the cameras or anything like that. But our current Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, was so upset that he came by and elbowed him really hard in the back, as if to say, change your opinion or change your vote. Um, and I forgot what the particular vote was. But here's, here's something from, uh, this was on Salon and on Independent.com. So I'll go left, I'll go middle of the road, read some of this stuff. Republican Congressman Tim Burchett theorized that some of his colleagues 
were the victims of honeypot operations and that nefarious entities had recorded their indiscretions to use as blackmail leverage. Brichette made the comments while chatting with far uh, content creator Benny Johnson on a podcast. And this guy's pretty, yeah, he's kind of on the right there. Um, the topic of conversation turned to convicted child abuser and sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein and the recent ruling by a conservative judge to unseal the names of individuals mentioned in court records related to his trial. The redacted names will include sex abuse victims, Epstein's former employees, and witnesses who helped to build the case against the now-dead financier. Many of the names and Epstein's flight log were already public. Johnson noted that Mr. Burchett had called for the names to be revealed in the House and uh, intimated that lawmakers were trying to hide their complicity by opposing the release of the information. Okay. And this is a quote here from uh, this guy who was the guy who was doing the interview. It says, It seems like now you're fighting with her in the House. Why the protection mechanism? And more importantly, you mentioned recently in an interview that there may be some members of Congress who are personally compromised by this, and they don't want the truth to get out. Can you expand on that? He asked Mr. Burchette. Mr. Burchette then proceeded to weave a tale of enticement, deceit, and blackmail that he believes secretly controls the votes of some lawmakers. He claimed that the elite power brokers in Washington, D.C., used the old honeypot to gain leverage over lawmakers and force them to vote for crazy stuff. Why in the world would good conservatives vote for crazy stuff like what we've been seeing out of Congress, he asked. He then attributed the honeypot to the Russians and explained how it, uh, uh, how it worked in his estimation. Here's how it works. This is another quote. You're visiting, you're out of the country, or you're out of town, or you're in a motel, or at a bar here in D.C., and and whatever, you're into women, men, whatever. And comes up, and they're very attractive, and they're laughing at your jokes, and you're buying them a drink, he said. The next thing you know, you're in a motel room with them naked. And next thing you know, you're about to make a key vote. And what happens? Well, some well-dressed person comes out and whispers in your ear, hey, man, there's tapes out on you. Or were you in a motel room or whatever with whoever? And then you're like, oh, and they said, you really ought not be voting for this thing. You know, and what do they do? It's human nature. And you know, no man or woman actually is an island. And they know what to get at. And they know what to get at. And they know what, to, excuse me, they know what to get at. You know, if it's women, drugs, booze, it'll find you. And they say, and in most elected offices, and that's what people of power and influence do. And it's just, you know, I've been in this game my whole life. I spent 16 years in the state legislature in Tennessee and eight years uh, as county mayor. And now I'm in my fifth year uh, Congress. But it's just the stakes are higher. But the game is still the game. He later said that Kevin Spacey's portrayal of murderous manipulator Frank Underwood on the Netflix show House of Cards was like a documentary on life in Washington, D.C. This isn't the first time Mr. Burchette has accused the government of hiding secret knowledge. He was a major supporter of the whistleblower and former government intelligence analyst David Grush, who told Congress that the Pentagon allegedly had secret programs to reverse engineer 
vehicles piloted by non-human biologics, as he called them. Burchette has been pushing for the Pentagon to make all of its information related to unidentified aerial phenomena available to the public. He is the first lawmaker to insinuate, insinuate the nation's movers, and shakers spend their weekends partying. partying. Former Congressman Madison Cawthorn claimed he had been invited to orgies in Washington, D.C., and that he'd seen his colleagues using cocaine. Disgraced former Congressman George Santos has also promised to spill the tea on lawmakers, but only if you pay him $7 for a cameo video. Well, that guy's, a, you know, he's looking for money too, but he probably has tea to spill. Makes you wonder what goes on behind these closed doors. Why would they purposely make bad decisions if they're not compromised? And there's a lot of speculation out there that Biden is compromised by the Chinese. And the, and uh, one of the reasons that they keep pushing so hard for money going to Ukraine to continue this fight, even though these Ukrainians are getting slaughtered, is uh, money laundering. Money laundering. Because, you know, according to the uh, laptop and emails of Hunter Biden, whatever money he negotiates over in these places, 10% goes to the big guy, and apparently the big guy is none other than the President of the United States. Now, all this remains to be seen and depends on what you want to believe. But my question is, again, go back to the question before. If all this came out on somebody you supported, Democrat, Republican, Independent, would it surprise you, first of all? And then would you be willing to not make your politics as strong as your religion? Because a lot of times, in this, I think that one of the reasons we have such a divide in this country is people make politics their religion. And the more we're isolated by things like social media, where we're in our own little bubbles and not, you know, back in the, you know, the good old days, the 80s and 90s, right, talking, talking with people and not staring at our phones all day, not on social media, but when we actually had to get, to get together and talk with people and get along with people, you know, I didn't care growing up when I was in college or even after that who was a Democrat, who was a Republican. Um, if they were going to spout off about politics, I did at least hope that they were smart enough and informed enough to have a good discussion. I've sat down and had discussions with a friend of mine who was, believe it or not, a socialist. And he was very adamant on uh, the links that socialists, which I think they're you know, communists as well, should go to to uh, destroy the fabric of our Constitution and our country so we can rebuild it. So are there communists out there that are at play in our own government that are part of these people that are collecting video on congressmen and, and people of power to continue to make bad decisions? You have to wonder why they would keep voting for things that make no sense to the health and benefit of the country and the people they're supposed to represent. Could they literally be just lining their pockets that damn much? That they would... You know, sink the, sink the ship. I mean, they're on the boat, too. Kind of makes you wonder. But then, you know, I was having a little bit of nostalgia, and I was thinking, hey, the good old days. We didn't have all these cultural issues and controversies and political controversies. And it, I mean, who in the hell would even thought about stuff like what we're talking about on this show tonight 20 years ago? I started thinking, hey, man, things are a lot better when I was going to college, when I graduated. So I started to look up some, some things that happened 
when I was uh, in college in 1996. I know, a long time ago. But, hey, I, I guarantee you, if you're a college student right now listening to this, I had a whole hell of a lot more fun in one year than you'll have in 10. <laughs> so, so there, Gen X got you on that one. So I just started looking back, like, has it always, like, this? is every year so challenging and frustrating? It seems like we've been in a in a bubble and just a slow boil since COVID. Maybe a little bit before that, when everybody was rioting in the cities, but the things were on fire, and they're like, yeah, it's mostly peaceful protests. Peaceful, my ass. We can all see this. There's nothing peaceful about these protests, uh, whether it's Antifa or BLM. They can all suck my wing. But let's let's go back to let's go back to 1996, simpler times. Let's see what happens. In January of 1996, uh, I don't know if anybody, if you're Gen Xer, you might remember this. Uh, Laretha uh, Vaird, she was a Philadelphia police officer. She was shot and pronounced dead. There was a botched armed bank robbery. This rapper, Cool C, I don't even know who he was. Didn't know who he was then. But anyway, this botched bank robbery by that rapper, she ends up getting shot. She became Philadelphia's first female officer killed in the line of duty. And that that is that was sad. I, I remember hearing about that. And I was like, damn, that's that's sad. Also, in January of that year, one of the worst blizzards in American history hit the whole East Coast. I remember that. I got snowed in like a mofo. Um, killed more than 150 people. Philadelphia, again, Philadelphia was in the news because they had a record 30 inches of snow. And New York had to close its schools for the first time in 18 years. And uh, the uh, government in D.C. closed for a few days, too. Um, because of the, uh, there's a federal government shutdown that year. Which, you know, I don't care if there's a shutdown anymore. Like, who cares? If they shut the government down for any length of time, that just means they can't F stuff up. So, yeah, bring it on. Also, there was that North Cape oil spill. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, there was this, uh, this was in uh, Moonstone Beach in South Kingston, Rhode Island. Um, anyway, this this boat, this barge that was uh, being pulled along there, it leaked something like 820,000 gallons of home heating oil. Um, also, January that year, speaking of the Clintons, Hillary Clinton testified before the grand jury as first lady. There was that whitewater scandal. How did she turn $1,000 into $100,000 investing in cattle futures? Hmm. Sounds like inside information to me. Um, let's see. The Cowboys became the first franchise to win three Super Bowls in a span of four seasons. They beat the Steelers that year. I remember that. Here's one of the cool things. The Sundance Channel in 1996, that actually debuted in uh, February of that year. I love the Sundance Channel, or I used to. Because where else could you go to watch interesting independent films that covered all kinds of cultural things? That's a good thing about independent films. You're not like Hollywood and have certain stipulations on you for like to, to meet pop culture demands. You can just be a creative artist. I love that about Sundance. But then the Sundance channel eventually got around to not showing independent films and started showing other films that were popular. And then they started showing reruns of that 70s show. I don't even know if the Sundance channel exists anymore. I couldn't care less. I didn't watch Sundance channel to watch that 70s show. 
they got away from their mission. F them. Didn't like them after that. Um, so there was a couple of, there was a school shooting. There was, um, and I think that was in uh, Washington State. Some kid killed his algebra teacher and two other students. Uh, let's see. The U.S. Embassy in Greece came under fire. Like somebody's firing mortars off of this thing. In Greece of that year. Uh, also, there was a couple of Amtrak crashes from that year. Um, let's see, the computer that was playing Gary Kasparov in chess, uh, Kasparov beat Deep Blue, which was the name of the computer, in a second chess match. Um, this is sad news. Big, you know, I was always a big Michael Jordan fan. But that year in North Carolina, this guy by the name of Daniel Green was convicted of the murder of James Jordan, the father of Michael Jordan. And that, I think that allowed them to get closure. What a sad, sad happening that just, you know, um, I don't know if anybody remembers that, but yeah, Michael Jordan's father was murdered. And, uh, and that was just, it was terrible. Anyway, Dish Network actually uh, came into existence that year. Um, it was at one, you know, again, direct broadcast satellite service. We all know Dish today, but it actually started as a company by the name of Echo Star. That's my little finance, my investment nerd, investor nerd coming out of me. Uh, China started testing surface-to-air missiles that year. They had a hard-on for taking Taiwan, so they started doing all these little tests, you know, running military tests and exercises. And of course, that caused some friction, too. But, you know, Al Gore didn't care. He was still going over there and taking a ton of money from them. Uh, he even dressed up in their in their uh, temple garb and uh, kissed so much ass to make so much money. I'm glad he didn't get elected in 2000, 2001. God. Uh, even though that was a rough year. Um, yeah, there was a motorcycle stunt rider, Butch Laswell. He was uh, killed in a stunt um, in front of a crowd in uh, Nevada. Uh, and motorcycle um, stunt rider. So it was, it, that was also terrible to hear. Let's see. What else happened that year? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, there was a Boeing 737 that crashed in uh, Croatia. 35 people on board. When you think, of, I guess the point I'm making with reviewing 1996 is I guess it's all relative, you know, to how bad you think times are because a lot of this stuff when you read through it's a lot of bad news and things that happened um whether it's politically or the unabomber got arrested thank god in his montana cabin that was in 96 i remember that too uh also remember the uh oj simpson trial um yeah so it just you know when you think times are bad like, we, we were living in some interesting times. But then, I guess, you know, back in 96, I was having a great time at college. I was sort of tuned out from all the the dark news of the world. So I was you know, enjoying life much better. And then I went on to Radford to grad school and, you know, had uh, just a lot of fun in Radford and, you know, learned a lot there, too. But learned a lot about life, about myself, and, you know, it just and then probably had more fun than two people at a time should be allowed to have. But, you know, when, when you think about, you know, older people during those years are probably like, God, these are tough times. 
Because there's always, it seems like, the media just portrays one thing after another after another. And, um, you know, it's kind of uh, kind of tough to assess, you know, like when you, when you talk about nostalgia, it's all about perspective. So somebody that's younger today that may be tuned out from all the things going on, maybe having the time of their life, and I hope they are. I really hope they are. Because, you know, when you look back on all these years, when you look at all the things that happened, um, I mean, even back in 96, yeah, that, that Olympic Park bombing at the 96 Summer Olympics, that killed two people, injured over 100. And remember, they arrested that one security guy, and he was, he was sort of the hero. So, you know, even Bob Dole had a good year that year. He got nominated for president. Of course, he got his ass handed to him by Clinton. But, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know, even back then, you know, times like Osama bin Laden was even active back then. He wrote uh, in 96, and nobody really remembers this, but he wrote this thing called the Declaration of Jihad on the Americans occupying the country of the two sacred places. Um, and it was a call for the removal of American military forces from Saudi Arabia. And then he went on to form Al-Qaeda, uh, you know, and uh, make make uh, allies with the Taliban, who we just handed. That's another thing. Why in the hell would you hand Afghanistan back to the Taliban after all that blood and treasure when you could have a reasonable withdrawal policy? I, I don't understand. Somebody has to be manipulating people to do these things. So who are they? And on this show, anything goes. Any conspiracy theory goes. Is there a shadow government? You know? Uh, is uh, Some people speculate the Mossad actually running Jeffrey. Did they run Jeffrey Epstein to get all kinds of dirt on people? So they can kind of control votes in D.C.? Mm, who knows? However, I will say this. Anybody that's been compromised... and you vote for the interests of another nation over yours because you're being compromised. I would consider that treason. Would you not? Democrat or Republican, I would want to know. Even if it's somebody that I liked or admired. Seriously. That stuff has to be rooted out. Because that's evil. So, hopefully, um, we'll have a lot of understanding and hopefully our culture and society can hold together to not do something stupid. I think that some forces in government would rather see a civil war. We already have sort of a cold war, one side pitted against the other, and it doesn't have to be that way. Never had to be that way. But when people pay too much attention to the media and not think for themselves, and let the media think that you're thinking for you, whatever your choice of media is, that's how you're going to think because I don't, th I mean, you hear the same thing a couple times and you might question it, but you, know, you hear 50, then you no longer question it. And that repetition and that repetition, that repetition, no matter what news source you watch. Uh, I think Tucker Carlson said one thing that was quite interesting when he left Fox, he wasn't so much concerned about the news that Fox reported or the media in general. The most dangerous thing about the mainstream media is what they aren't telling you. Yeah, that probably, that sounds about right, whether you like Tucker Carlson or not. That sounds about right. Hey, here was something really good that came out in 96. Bill Clinton signed the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty at the United Nations.
that that's a good thing. And Animal Planet Discovery Civilization were launched. How about that? I love Animal Planet. I watch that channel often. Um, I'm a documentary nerd. And Fox News Channel was launched in 96. Um, yeah, it's an interesting year. Of course, the presidential election happened in November. And uh, Clinton defeated Bob Dole to win his second term. That election, actually, I don't know if you know, but it had the lowest voter turnout since 1924. That's crazy, huh? But anyway, I digress. There are so many really, but there's, for every piece of bad news you hear on the TV, on your favorite news source, there's 10 pieces of good news out there that no one's telling you about. Just remember that. The world's not as bad as it, they paint it up to be. I saw this really interesting meme, and I posted this up on uh, Instagram. And this is, um, this is a quote from someone. I'm going to read this. You can go to my Instagram and look it up if you want to. Everything that happens in your life is a gift. If you treat it that way, you'll experience it that way. And spend the rest of your life opening presents. Yeah, that's the kind of world I want to live in. How about you? Hey, this is a bit of a deep subject. Thanks for hanging in there. I was just rattling on today. But I had some of this stuff on my mind with what was coming out with the Epstein uh, files and just, you know, the, what that congressman had said about people being compromised. And it makes you wonder why so many bad decisions are, are out there. Anyway, what do you think about all this stuff? And don't give me your political soapbox thinking. Think for yourself. If you have any comments on there, leave them leave the comment in the comments section, wherever you listen to the podcast at. I certainly appreciate it. To be continued. I'll be back soon with another show. We're going to have some cool guests on coming up. Until then, cheers, folks. See you down the road.